We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 7th, 2017. And today we're going to pretty much be doing, I guess, a dedicated study, but it's going to be on really the attacks on Christianity, the rise of paganism, the corruption of the Catholic Church. Not that it wasn't already corrupt from its inception, but we're going to be looking at a lot of the, uh, the pedophilic corruption that has come about and the current Pope who's you know, really, really facilitating that to happen. So the first report is called Faith in the Crosshairs, the Globalist Plan to Eradicate Christianity, which you know, lines up with what you would perceive in the book of Revelation and Daniel as you know, the Antichrist keying in on Christianity for its eradication so he can bring about the new world order and the coming, you know, global system under Antichrist and false prophet. You would expect to see that. You wouldn't expect to see Christianity prospering and going into some wonderful golden age like I truly believe a lot of the TV evangelists and prosperity preachers in, in 501c3 churches would almost have you believe that. As though the Bible doesn't really exist. And I think that's a tenet of dominionism. And I've done several teachings on that. Just key that in the keyword search at contendingfortruth.com. Where they really believe that they're going to usher in this golden age, per se, of Christianity. Where they're going to literally set up God's kingdom on planet earth. And really the book of Daniel and Revelation will be kind of done away with because it won't be necessary, because they've made things so wonderful on planet Earth, and the people that believe in dominionism, uh, which is a huge movement in Christianity. You know, I guess you call it pseudo-Christianity. So there's a lot of these different movements around, and um, always fall back to the Bible, the Word of God, uh, the King James Bible, in order to get your marching orders and what your standard should be, no matter what man may be telling you. So this starts out by saying the term global governance refers to the political dimension of globalization. Here the question is to what degree governance will be centralized and controlled by international institutions in ways that threaten to diminish national and local governmental capacity. And this is what we're, we're seeing incrementally with the UN coming more and more into our government and, and taking more and more control over things. They're going to want to diminish national, local, governmental capacity and sovereignty and implement more of these global standards which will ultimately just strip you of every single liberty and right that you have, essentially. Global governance advocates tend to prefer both transnational regulation of markets and a creation of new human rights norms. So they're going to tell us what the new human right norms are. These, it's like Satan giving us a morality lesson is essentially what we're saying here. Marked by increased centralization. Everything's going to be this big brother, George Orwellian, 1984, hellish existence, if they get their way. That's what they want to turn this into. And a 24-7 global surveillance grid goes along with this as well. And the, and the, uh, the uh, eradication of cash and any type of transactions like that. They want to make everything electronic. Yeah, because if they can do that, that will, will make it so much easier for them to implement some type of global system. And I think that's everything to do with the mark of the beast, because one aspect of the mark of the beast is going to be your bank account, and those types of transactions are all going to be linked up with that microchip. Now, it may be more than one attribute. There may be a tattoo involved with the microchip or whatever, and I've done a lot of teachings on this, just key in Mark Beast, at the search box at contendingfortruth.com. They're a little dated, but I, I you know, believe that the information I got into there is everybody's valid today. Uh, so that's going to be one aspect of the Mark of the Beast. You're not going to be able to buy, sell, or trade without it, like the Bible says, so it's got to be linked up with your, your finances. This is why I'm always encouraging people to go against that system and to not give into 
you know, all this electronic stuff, the more people that resist it and that would use cash and that would even checks, cash, things of this nature, the more resistance there is, you know, to that. But if, if everybody just goes along with it, they'll just, you know, implement it at a breakneck speed. In the latter sense, global governance can imply much more than simple international coordination and co cooperation, which has existed throughout the modern international relations. Now it is also a deeply and widely embedded ideology that seeks global centralization and regulation of wide-reaching areas of international interaction. It is believed in advance by devotees with an almost religious zeal. Well, it is a religion. It's the coming New World Order taking us out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, essentially is the way they look at it. And they do have a religious zeal regarding it. Among these devotees are, number one, university professors and teachers at all levels. This is where we get the kiddies brainwashed. And this is one of the main reasons why the millennials and, you know, the generations coming up and the college students in these are so horribly damaged with their thinking process, with their views on morality. And it's just, they've been taught that evil is good and good is evil. You know, and woe unto them that, you know, calleth evil good and good evil, as the Bible says. And that's more the norm now than anything else. If it's wicked, if it's evil, it gets a protected status. It gets a little pat on the head. You can't say a thing against it. Like Islam, for example. can't say a thing against it. I just put out, I'm putting out a report this week where a guy, I think over in England, had left a bacon sandwich on like the doorstep of a mosque, got thrown in jail, I don't even know for how long, and yet they've got pedophile imam uh, guys over there, the head of their mosque, that are have actively been caught raping children, and they get off scot-free. This is the kind of world we're, we're living in, where wickedness is condoned. And this is why you'll see, why you'd say, well, how could the feminazis yoke up with the, with the Muslims who demand their women wear burqas, who generally mutilate their, their women and, and their daughters, who treat their, their women like total, like literally they're viewed lower than dogs. I've got into this before. They're viewed like, almost like cattle, the women are. They have essentially no rights. So you would think that that is everything the feminazis would absolutely, and yet, they're, they're all on the same page. They're, you know why? Because they're both evil. And that's really the common denominator that unites these wicked, evil devils. Like MoveOn.org, like the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender things. They can all get on the same page, even though on paper they have views that are diametrically opposed, like the ones I just mentioned. Yet, they can all get on the same page and march together in unison, and I mean that literally, why? Because they have the common element of wickedness that joins them and unites them and gets them on the same page. They can look at one another and their demons can identify, with the, and these are demon-possessed vessels of Satan, the demons that possess a certain woman, let's say, in the feminazi movement, okay, can look at the demons in some demon-infested Islamic imam and say, oh yeah, we're simpatico. We're good. We're good. Because we love wickedness. That's the one common denominator that is really does away with everything. It, it, any, anything else doesn't matter as long as you love wickedness. And their demons can talk to your demons and identify that. Not your demons, but I mean each other's. I really believe that's why they can all get on the same page and have no problems really with one another and... They don't, you never see really any infighting. If you're wicked, if you're evil, it's easy to get on the same page. Demons recognize other demons. And if they're, if they can recognize that you are trying to advance the cause for Satan, if you are serving Satan, then they don't really care, those demons. And it's almost like they communicate to their host mechanism, the human, who they're infesting, that no, 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 they're good, they're good. I mean, how could, how, what other way could you explain it? With the, with the Muslim and the feminazi thing alone, how, how could you, you even, I mean, 
Christians treat their women a thousand times better than your average Muslim would if he's if he's going by any strict interpretation of Sharia law or the Quran. Okay, yet the feminazis would have a thousand more times problem with traditional marriage and the way a Christian man would treat his his wife and she would treat her husband than she would ever have with the Muslim the 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 burqa clad Muslim woman who's generally mutilated who has no rights and no nothing. How else can you explain that other than that there is a gigantic demonic component? It's the only way it can be explained. And and it's the one thing they always leave out when people try to, I guess I don't know, smooth this subject over, or I guess I guess it's not addressed. It's really not addressed in, in any kind of secular way. They just ignore it. But I'm talking about when Christians try to explain this. If a Christian tries to, what, what are, like, like even, even a conservative show, uh, talk show host like Sean Hannity or somebody, they don't get it. So many of the Christians and the conservatives don't get that we are in a spiritual battle and that there is a gigantic spiritual component to whatever wickedness you're dealing with. In fact, that is the mo- overriding component. In fact, it's the most important component. Yet it's hardly ever addressed. Well, it's not politically correct. You can't call them demon-possessed vessels of Satan. Well, they are. I mean, they are. Sorry. They're a demonic autopilot, essentially. You know. I'm not going to make apologies for their wickedness. I'm not saying that that means I think I'm Mr. Perfect and I've never done wrong or whatever. But I'm talking about people that have overt agendas toward evil and they have no problem with it and that is their whole, the whole focus of their life. And how easily they all get yoked up on the same page. Even though they have such, supposedly on paper, such different diverse goals. Self-centered diverse goals. That a lot of times are odds with the other people they're marching with. How do you explain all that? They love wickedness. They love evil. That's how you can. So, the number one devotees are, are they, they want to get on their, their train. University professors and teachers at all levels. Two, non-governmental organization professionals. Three, international lawyers. Because, you know, the lawyers can go in there and just, you know, clog up the judicial system. The, the, the judges, so many of them are corrupt. And make you know, this hellish existence for people that are trying to pursue righteousness. Because the the wicked lawyers and the wicked judges will just keep, you know, throwing out um, unjust decisions and, and using unjust legal maneuvers in order to get their way and advance the agenda of Satan. Okay, and then we have journalists. Obviously, you control the... You mean, just look at the Communist News Network... Any any of the the lying mainstream prostitute media, all all they put out is lies, essentially anymore. I mean, it's it's to the point where, you know, I've never seen anything like it. It's so rogue. It's so out of control. It's so wicked, and it's just pure lies, essentially what they put out. So. Journalists, increasingly, and then increasingly large number of elected and appointed governmental leaders and officials. Yeah, you control the the Congress and the Senate. That's why nothing's getting done, you know. And you control other people, other governmental, uh, high-level officials in other countries. Angela Merkel and these types of devils. That Macron guy uh, in France. Trudeau in Canada. I mean, these people are just so overtly wicked and evil it defies the imagination with their agendas uh and then international civil servants and then seven celebrities and cultural elites we see that all over with them spewing out lies and them calling for all of this you know these social justice warrior uh uh celebrities you know, bankrupt of any kind of morality whatsoever, like Madonna and in, in her devil ilk. And then experts in the United Nations and other intergovernmental organizations, yes, so they can bring in the New World Order. If this growing, increasingly influential body of believers simply wanted to resolve pressing international problems, its effects would be largely unobjectionable. Globalists, as they are often once called, um, 
and global governance advocates, as they are now known, call for much more, however. Global governance ideology aims at eroding and eliminating national sovereignty by reducing national government control over the movement of people, goods, services, and capital across national boundaries. That's all about bringing the United Nations in and letting them control our society and then ultimately dissolving America altogether. There's a lot of theories on what's going to happen with this. If, if, um, if they're just going to break up America into a lot of different autonomous and then let that whole thing collapse, or if they're just going to try to bring America into the North American Union, joining Canada and Mexico with America, and then having one governing body, and it will be one of the ten regions represented in the, um, but where the Bible talks about in Daniel and in Revelation, where we have the ten regions, the ten horns, and that type of thing. Um, I think it's going to end up that way. I don't know whether before it happens they're going to destabilize it and then it's going to break up like this Cal Exit movement, like the State of Jefferson movement in California, which is kind of the northern part of California and southern Oregon that wants to break off from all the tyranny they're undergoing. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how that's all going to play out. I, I think it's kind of a fluid situation, but... um there's a lot of different options there, I guess. So let's go forward here. Uh, it seeks to establish an entirely secular order. Secular, you always think of in terms of just the world. Something that's worldly and against morality and the word of God. Is essentially what you think of there. A secular order in which activities such as education, healthcare, economic development, and justice are fashioned by global experts rather than by leaders in their national, natural, local, and national con context. Now, not only is that wicked, but also when you have global leaders, unelected leaders that come in with your worst um, they could care less about the indigenous population, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. And they will come in, and because they're unelected, who, who are they going to be held accountable to? Nobody. So they can act without impunity, because who's going to... They're unelected. They're, they're a global bureaucrat. They're wicked, they're evil, yet they have all this power out of, like, nowhere because of some treaty that some politician signed or whatever, like how Obama gave away so much of our sovereignty to the UN, and I'm sure before that as well. It's been, it's been in layers, it's been increasing, it's been over time. Has it just been one thing that's been done? This has been an ever-increasing thing that's been happening for decades. And so then they come in and they impose their will on the indigenous population, and their will is always very, very subservient to Satan's will, essentially, and very, very detrimental to the indigenous population, whoever that may be, whatever part of the earth it may be in. Uh, so, going forward, it said, um, rule by experts, by global bureaucrats, is regarded as the ideal. And that's just pure wickedness. These experts, in turn, share a common set of outlooks about the world. They are secularists who are, secularists who are at best superstitious of, but often outright hostile, hostile to religion and traditional culture as influences on civilization. I think that would only imply if whatever religion that was had some type of positive moral um, outcome on the indigenous population, you know. And I, obviously, I'm I'm targeting it on Christianity, there, and they would be targeting it on Christianity, as we're going to see. Uh, they are bureaucrats or advocates of bureaucracy who believe that government by expert rather than by elected officials, is the only way to advance a progressive agenda of modernization. They are environmentalists who, to varying degrees, regard human beings and human population growth as a scourge on global ecology. So, you've got to do away with the humans. What's the first commandment of the Ten Commandments of the New World Order, the Globe Georgia Guidestones, okay? Reduce world population... Uh, to 500 million in perpetual balance with nature, or Mother Gaia. Okay, which is about, you know, you're looking at about a 95 uh, plus percent reduction in population. Or not quite 95 percent. 
that's a lot of people got to die. So that's that's one of the main things that has not happened yet that we could expect to see them try. Now remember, God's in control. I think if they were able to pull off a 95% reduction in population prior to the tribulation, the Bible would say something about that. Because that in and of itself would be almost greater than all the plagues of the Bible put together combined. As far as human death toll goes, it would be. So I don't personally think they're going to be able to pull that off prior to the tribulation. I really don't. Um, not to say there there couldn't be events that where millions upon millions could die, but a 95 plus percent reduction, I don't see it happening. I would think there would be Bible for that. Clear Bible, okay, um, to back that up. So let's go further here. Uh, they are thus almost universal, universally population control advocates who regard the family, especially the traditional family, and the religious beliefs of families as a threat to environmental integrity. And this whole fake environmental movement, the whole fake global warming that keeps getting debunked over and over, how they're fudging the, the, the numbers, how they're fudging the, all, the, all the, the global warming stuff and the figures and all the stuff about, you know, oh, look at Miami's flooding when all that was, and I got into this in a recent study, when all that was, was a super tide caused, caused by a super moon in that particular time. Uh, it's all through a lot of their different shows that they have on TV, how all of this is happening. And it's all lies. It's all based on total lies. You know, so that's another way they're, they're trying to use or get humanity to give up all of its rights for the sake of Mother Gaia and stopping the global warming and the whole carbon footprint garbage, you know. They are often eugenicists who wish to reduce the fertility of less desirable peoples. Uh, they are transnationalists who believe that the nation state is an anachronistic cultural construct in need of deconstruction. So anything national, sovereignty, statehood, all of that has to be done away with for the sake of the global community. For the sake of Satan, essentially. They are generally advocates of gender plasticity who seek in the name of human rights to provide global redefinition of masculinity and femininity and thus a redefinition of the human person and of marriage and of a normal normative basis of a family life. So, in other words, everything that's wicked and evil, that's what they're for. Anything that would destroy the human race, which is what we just described here, that is what they're for. You have the gays and the lesbians and the transgenders and, and all of these other supposed whatever genders proliferating. And what does that do to a culture? It destroys it. It annihilates it. Do you think Sodom and Gomorrah was a fun place to be living before, it got, before God rained down on it with fire and brimstone? You think that was a functionally cohesive society where everybody was living in some... It sounded like hell on earth. Two couple good, a couple good-looking guys walk into the city and they were angels. And, and the, the Sodomite men were so demon-possessed to the toenails that even after they were struck blind, they groped for the door so that they could try to uh, sodomize these guys. Yeah, that's how it had degenerated into... And if you let that type of culture go on, that's where it will end up, where God has no choice but to rain down fire and brimstone to absolutely cleanse that wickedness off the planet. The Bible says that when men lay with men and when women lay with women, or if a woman lies with a beast or a man lies with a beast, that it defiles the land. It's very clear. It says that in Deuteronomy. How do they undefile the land? They take the woman and the other woman, or the man and the other man, or the man and the other beast, and they they kill them both. That's in the Old Testament. I'm not saying that we go out and do that now, but I'm saying in the Old Testament, that was the remedy for that problem. And they knew that if they let the problem stay and didn't do anything about it and said, oh, oh, that's just their sexual proclivity, that's how they are, that it would continue to defile the earth and defile that society and the people that were there. 
And that's what happened. It would defile everything. The Bible talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, that if there's, if there's a brother or sister in, in your congregation and they're, in that particular case, it was um, a man had taken his father's wife to be his wife, and I believe it wasn't his real mother. It was probably his stepmother. But it was, that was wickedness. And what, was, what did Paul say to do? He said to turn such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. And that we're not to even eat with these types of people if they call themselves Christians. And heretic after the first and second admonition reject. The Bible's very clear on that. There's no church discipline taking place in churches nowadays. I, I, I believe it's almost non-existent. And because that's not happening, the church is an absolute demon-infested joke for the most part. And especially then when you yoke up with the government with your 501c3 status and the government literally gives you as a church a right to exist as a corporation so that their parishioners can write it off on their taxes when there's no Bible for that whatsoever. The Bible, you know, oh, I get this benefit right off of my taxes. And then the church gets subsidies from the government and also the government leaves them alone because they're a 501c3 corporation. There's no Bible for any of this. The church is so defiled and so asleep that it's just, and I mean the 501c3, that, you know, it's beyond, it's beyond repair by and large and beyond hope by and large. The church, the 501c3 church is getting ready and is already really on board the train that's leaving for the coming one world, new world order and the one world religion under any Christ and false prophet. They're already there. They're already on the train. The train might not have actually pulled out of of the uh, uh, of you know where it you know where you embark on the train. It may not have, but they're they're sitting there waiting. Or maybe maybe it has pulled out and, and and they're on their way there. I don't know. I think it depends on the church that you're talking about. And I'm not saying every single church is wicked and evil and bad, but. There's just so many ways that the modern day churches have yoked up with evil and the government that, you know, it's hard to comprehend. So going forward here, um, I, I love that term gender plasticity. Oh, this is why you've got like, what, like over a hundred now supposed genders out there. You know, I identify as a mop head. I identify as whatever gender fluid I'm a man at night and I'm a, I'm a prissy woman by morning. I'm gender fluid. I can go into Target's bathroom as, as a man during the day and then Target's bathroom as a woman by night. Uh, they'll, they'll let you do that. I heard Target's really been hit hard by that too and I, I'm glad, praise God. I won't, I won't go there at all, but um, going forward here, to promote the redefinition of masculinity and femininity and thus a redefinition of the human person and of a marriage as a normative basis of family life. Marriage is the foundation of, should be the foundation of any culture. Any culture with any type of morality, you know. And when you destroy the institution of marriage, you destroy that society. And that is what is being done and promoted every step of the way now throughout society, throughout Hollywood, throughout the lamestream media is the degradation the, the, and, and the destruction of that institution. There are, they are materialists who ultimately deny the transcendent spiritual nature of human beings and who thus are concerned almost exclusively about the physical and emotional needs of people. They are relativists who generally reject the concept of objective moral truth, of natural law, and or of religious and spiritual dimensions of the human person. They regard power and control as the mechanisms by which to remake the world in their own image. They're narcissists. They're self-centered devil narcissists that want everything their way. They are centralists 
who have little regard for the rights of subsidiary bodies, local agencies of mutual aid and support, uh, or of churches, local governments, or even national governments that wish to preserve their distinctive ways of life. Going forward, uh, the traditional teachings of Christianity rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ are a major target for advocates of global governance. They have adopted the mantle of peace, justice, human rights, and humanitarian uh, processes. The social gospel of the church, the social gospel of the church, but have systematically attacked the church as an institution, their traditional family and traditional moral values, in love of country and love of God. They seek to supplant the church's historical role in the provision of corporal works of mercy. They are opponents of religious liberty and even of freedom of conscience. This sinister version of global governance is a sign of the times. It is fed at an ever-increasing rate by the globalization of electronic communication. Everybody's plugged into the matrix. Everybody's glued to their phone. I mean, everywhere I go, that's what I see. Especially with the younger. You know, below 35... You know, everybody's just plugged into the matrix. Pretty soon, that's going to be in your head. There's going to be neural... They're going to say, hey, listen, the, the next iPhone 10 or whatever, whatever, two or three away from now, we're going to offer neural implants. You're going to have some imaginary phone probably appear in your hand or, or come out in front of your... some kind of holographic image in your eyes or whatever, and you're going to be able to interact with it just by thought. You know, the mark of the beast isn't too far away. And I mean, listen, if you've already gone that far and done that, you're going to beg for the mark of the beast. You're going to, I mean, you, you can't, you can't go down this road and expect, well, I'll get off right before the mark of the beast. That's not what you want to do. Really isn't. Uh, okay. The internet and social media in their own rights, great boons to modern light life well that's that's subject to debate too often foster anti-human agendas from internet pornography and sexual abuse to global criminal uh, syndicates and transnational terrorist recruitment and advocacy the church must be aware of the ideological movements at work under the guise of secular humanism and progressive liberalism global government's ideology is the intellectual stepchild of the marxist materialist thought in an age of actual globalization it is the reigning worldview of the elites. The church, therefore, must understand it and resist its most sinister goals by serving as a sign of contradiction, by cooperating with international institutionalization where it is most justified, and by opposing it when it violates basic human dignity. The subsidiary rights of the church and the embedded agents of mutual aid and support on which local communities depend. Now, the Bible, what does the Bible say? Well... 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, meaning behave like men, be strong. So we're to watch for these types of things. We're, we're to watch, compare all the stuff going around us with, is this lining up with scripture? Is, 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 the, does the, is there any Bible for what all these changes, all these wicked changes that we're seeing? Yes, there's tons of Bible for it. And, and you know, the scary part is, is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, God says, for this cause, and this is right around the same time, this is the, the same time as the falling away of the church, says it right there, I think in verse 3, and the Antichrist being revealed, that wicked, capital W, the Antichrist being revealed. So basically the time we're moving into, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So be really careful what you're taking pleasure in. And if you're if you're in this mindset of, I don't want to know the truth, I don't care, things are bleak enough, you better be real careful because you could end up in hell, is what the Bible is saying there. They had no love for the truth. When you don't have love for the truth, it says you're going to end up in hell, essentially. When you have pleasure in unrighteousness, it says you're going to end up in hell according to Second Thessalonians. And that's exactly the time frame we're living in. That wouldn't have even applied to first century, I mean, yes, if first century Christian, yeah, it would have applied to, but that is specifically for this time period, though. Because the Bible defines the time period earlier in the chapter when it says the falling away of the church and the wicked being revealed, which is the time we're in. First Thessalonians 5, 6, Let us not sleep as do others, 
but let us watch and be sober. Most of the church, particularly, like I, I can only reference them to in America, and I'm sure in Europe, is totally asleep. They're not watching. They're not really, you know, the pastors aren't really feeding the flock. They're not really guarding the flock. The Bible says the true pastor, true shepherd, will lay down for his life for the sheep. But a hireling, meaning somebody that's doing it for the money, has no love for the sheep. Why? Because they're doing it for the money, the hire. That's more the norm now than anything, isn't it? Ephesians 5, 11 through 16, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, which is what we just were talking about, but rather reprove them. Okay, so reprove. According to the 18 Noah's, 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary, it defines reprove, which more closely defines the words of the King James Bible. To blame, to convince a fault, or to make it manifest. That's kind of what I do with this ministry. I try to shed light on this stuff. To excite a sense of guilt. Okay, then going back to the verse. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. My comment, in other words, we don't need to get into all the gory details of their sin done in secret. But at the same time, we were commanded in the previous and the following verses to reprove and to manifest their wicked actions. This is why we expose pedophiles. Or do we want to just not talk about it because it's not a good... Oh, that, that really helps the little children that are being raped and mutilated and sacrificed on a daily basis by the pedophiles, by the high-level pedophiles in Washington, D.C., and in all of the other major governments that are going on right now, probably every single day, like John Podesta, like the Clintons, and those types of evil, wicked devils. No, we, 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 we reprove it. We make it manifest. We talk about it. And then we pray about it. Because if no prayer is going up about it, most likely the hand of God is not going to move on it, you know, unless there's prayer going up. That's typically how God works. But we have to know about it in order to pray about it. And that's why the Bible talks about that lest we be ignorant of his devices, lest he get an advantage of us. Meaning Satan. We don't want to be ignorant of his devices. Um, so we are commanded in the previous verses to reprove and to manifest their wicked actions. Uh, manifest in the Noah Webster 1828 means to um, clearly, clearly visible to the eye or obvious to the understanding, apparent, not obscure, or difficult to be seen or understood. So these are, you know, to, to understand this verse better, I'm, that's why I'm doing all this. Um, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Okay, so light is good. Light ex always exposes darkness. There's not enough darkness in the universe to extinguish the light of one candle. Think about that. So light always exposes in, in darkness. Whereas darkness can't quench light. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest. So again, this is the whole thing of don't be asleep as a Christian, especially in today's day and age. Okay? But that's more the norm. Everybody's, most people are just asleep. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then ye, you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly in the Noah Webster 1828 means cautiously, with watchfulness in every way, with attention to guard against surprise or danger. Okay, So see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil now when when have the days ever been more evil than they are now maybe possibly near the end of of when um the flood was at noah's day okay yeah i'm sure you can make a case there um but i think we're approaching that on a worldwide basis and then psalm 94 verse 16 and 20 says who will rise up for me against the evil doers who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity so god's seeking christians to rise up against evil doers and to stand against the workers of iniquity doesn't the bible say he's the same today and forever 
Yesterday, today, and forever? Yeah. Doesn't God say, I am God, I changeth not? Yeah. So, he's still seeking this. And this doesn't mean that you necessarily go out and... But this can be done through prayer. You know, on your knees. Praying against the evildoers and praying against the workers of iniquity. There's a lot of different ways this could happen, in other words. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? That's the norm now. You've got thousands and thousands of laws that, you know, we're all breaking almost every day. I mean, there's there's no way that, that you're not even in your normal everyday activities not breaking tons of laws. I've, I've seen multiple reports on this. The IRS code is so is so unbelievably long and, and, and convoluted and wicked and corrupt. Thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of code that a lot of times contradict one another. There's, there's, it's, it's framing mischief by a law. Not one dime of what you pay into them goes to running the government. Reagan determined that back when he had the Grace Commission back in the 80s. They determined, the Grace Commission determined of the IRS, not one dime of what you pay into them goes towards running the government. Yet, do you pay your taxes to the IRS? You're paying, literally you're funding your own destruction when you do that the money that goes in there is either goes to the to the um, bankers that run the world the internet because we're on a debt-based system we've been taking off gold-based silver-based currency this all started back in 1913 when they it's it's a long story but that that whole system is 100 percent evil and corrupt the things that go to running our local governments and things of this are things like gas taxes and sales taxes and property taxes and all the other taxes they build into everything that you buy or that you have to pay. But the only one that counts is the IRS one, and that's the one that goes to pure wickedness and most likely black projects and things of this nature and international bankers and, and black, you know, that type of stuff. And is, and is absorbed by interest on the federal debt, which is a totally corrupt, wicked system in and of itself. So we've totally framed mischief by a law in this country. It's the norm. All right, let's go to the next subject. Burning Man, 2017. Uh, festival to celebrate evil with radical rituals and a new temple for his occult religion. Burning Man, the Nevada festival that draws six... 60,000 revelers every year is an annual pilgrimage that resembles religious ritual. It requires a travel to a far-off place in the desert. Ten guiding social laws, and I'm sure they're probably like the Georgia Guidestones, are intended to catalyze self-actualization and the burning of an effigy, which is something that pagans always do. Now, if you really want to go and you really want to do it puritanically from a satanic standpoint, you do like the Druids did, and this is where we where we get the the um, the holiday, the holiday, their holy day, because that's what it means. It's a it's a pagan holy day of Halloween. Okay, you get the pagan holy day of Halloween, Samhain. Okay, basically that whole time period, but also October 31st, where you would take a gigantic wicker man. Now, if you don't believe this, just key in wicker in the keyword search box at contendingfordrew.com. I did a whole study on this. There's been movies on this where they would erect a gigantic, I don't know, 50-foot-tall wicker man-like structure, and it would have different compartments in it, and they would put human sacrifices and animal sacrifices in there on Halloween in order to appease their gods, in order to ensure, like... A, better harvest or whatever they were trying to procure okay and they would burn them alive and that's the wicker man that's that's where we get the the first actual celebration of halloween it's a druidic practice of high-level pagans over in like ireland and in, in those regions from you know hundreds of years ago druids still exist and this is where we get they have all those circular mounds and and, and things like stonehenge and things those are all druid temples and there's hundreds of them in those regions stonehenge is the only one you really hear about we've got them here too there's an american stonehenge um so this is just a continuing continuization of what the druids are doing this is a more sanitized version now i do believe that this that this burning man thing if it hasn't already degenerated into that on some levels which it probably has 
they will eventually have human sacrifices in this. I mean, this is where it's all heading. It's all, it's all heading to... Uh, it, isn't that where societies that are wicked always end up? It always ends up in, in sacrificing humans, and then ultimately babies. Because that's the most wicked thing you could possibly do, really. And so Satan will always lead a pagan culture to that eventually. And he, he can do it through subtlety, and he could do it through, hey, man, come on, we'll have a great time, we'll get high, we'll do all these drugs, it's all free love and hippie stuff and all this garbage, but ultimately it always ends up with human sacrifice. In every single wicked culture you've ever, you could ever have examined throughout history, and usually they always say it was the fallen angels that taught us to do these things, these gods that we worshipped. This is no different. This is just paganism with, with a little different veneer and a little bit different packaging little more glitzy but this is where it will end up they've even got their own temple now um yesterday the festivals now this was clear back in december of last year december 6th the festival's co-founder larry harvey made clear that the bernie man is now closer than ever to becoming a religion in a blog spot he announced that in 2017 theme would be a radical ritual writing that beyond the dogmas the creeds and the metaphysical ideas of religion there is an immediate experience it is from this primal world that living faith arises now what he's saying here is that there is this immediate experience that that we're after here it's the experience what is that that's the heart and the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it according to the word of god he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool, the word of God says. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 25. And that's what this is all about. Hey, it feels good, do it. Didn't Aleister Crowley, wasn't he the one, the, the, the great 666 number, the beast, that, that told about the, the uh, sacrificing of of, of um, little children and, and sodomizing of little boys is, is the highest satanic rites you could do, and that's how he got power. They would vampirize the innocents. Yeah, that same Aleister Crowley. Wasn't his creed, do what thou will, shall be the whole of the law? Isn't that what all of these other rock bands then ended up adopting into their, their dogma, like the Beatles, who they literally have on, on the back cover of their Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band album cover? One of their, like all the people that they idolize on the back cover, Aleister Crowley's in there. So many other rock bands followed Aleister Crowley. Do what thou will should be the whole of the law. If it feels good, do it. In other words. Which is basically part of the Satanic Bible and its tenets. But it's from this primal world, this primal experience which is a deception and a lie, living faith arises. Who's the faith going to be in? Ultimately, the Antichrist and the false prophet. Ultimately, in the coming one world religion of lies. And most likely, uh, these ascended masters and the, probably going to have the alien movement in that as well. There's going to be the, the greatest deception you've ever even seen. This is why I've tried to prepare my listeners for this eventuality. This is part of the strong delusion that God said he was going to send. So it's very important that we have a love for the truth now. Because if we don't have it now, most likely we're going to be totally deceived. And end up in hell. In 2017, we will invite participants to create interactive rites ritual processions, elaborate images, shrines, icons, temples, and visions. So they're going the way of modern day religions in, in, pagan, in their pagan practices. With Catholicism, with Hinduism, with Buddhism, they've got all their shrines, their icons, their temples, their visions, their images. This is just going to be more overtly, satanically pagan. Which ultimately remember in order to have the coming one world religion what is the backbone of that going to be witchcraft how is the false prophet and the antichrist going to deceive the whole world through signs and lying wonders and miracles that all goes along with elaborate images shrines icons temples and visions 
So Satan will meet you at your need, and he's and he's going to call fire down from heaven. He's going to do all of these things, the Antichrist, the false prophet, and they are going to deceive the whole world through those very acts, the signs, the line, wonders, and miracles. And this is all leading into this. This is all bringing us into this one religion. What will be the source of the power of the signs and line wonders and miracles? Witchcraft. Okay. And that's how all the religions of the planet are all going to get on the same page. And I mean every single Christian denomination included. Including Baptists, including Pentecostals, including Lutherans. Now I'm not saying there's people that aren't going to break off and realize the truth. And that's again why this ministry kind of exists. To give christianity a collective heads up of hey this is what's coming here's the handwriting on the wall i'm telling you what they're going to do i can't exactly tell you exactly how they're going to do it but this is how it's probably going to play out don't be deceived get out now while you can harvey explained that for the first time the effigy for which Bernie man is named would be enclosed in a temple structure so now we're literally getting into temple worship for burning man which is exactly the practice of the of the high-level Druid priests where they used human sacrifice and still do, more so probably behind closed doors. Well, I'm sure they've got places where they do it still. <coughs> you own enough land, you can you know put a pretty big barrier around that and have these types of things. I mean... <laughs> It's all coming back to this, man. It's all coming back to human sacrifice. And what's the worst way you can human, do a human sacrifice? Burn them to death. Burn them. And that's where we're coming. So the burning man is named would be enclosed in a temple structure and reach up toward the sky with a spire. Passing through the spine of burning man, this axis will continue upward, emerging high above the temple as a golden spire meaning the flames would whip up into this golden spire. Participants are invited to contribute to the shrine. Uh, what he's, I mean, what, to bring, like, your little sacrifices or your little whatever? I don't know. And to the hundreds of niches that will penetrate the temple's walls. So, in other words, this is a way you can sacrifice to the god of burning man. You put your little your little sacrifices in. I mean, it could it could be money, it could be food, it could be whatever. It could be something that's very valuable to you, and you could give it up for for some kind of favor to the burning man God. This is exactly what the druids have always done with the wicker man. Okay, so I, I just kind of got convicted to put that teaching within this PDF. So if you wanted to just click on it while looking at the pdf you could it's called halloween human sacrifice stonehenge and the wicker man okay and again this is where you they all got the the original idea for the burning man is from this really high level pagan occult druidic rite and and this is how they did it and i explained the whole thing how they got the sacrificial victims and and how that how that whole transpired because it, it happened over i think a, a few day period prior to halloween or Samhain, which is really the highest satanic holiday there's i mean there's some debates some people say may day is may 1st which is beltane i think this is the the highest satanic holiday is halloween but this is where we we get the absolute total 100 percent inspiration for burning man i mean there's it's, there's no doubt on that so anyway, I give you the two links there. You can click on that. While some burners, which is the shorthand term for the burn, Burning Man attendees, praise the theme's festival, there has been some pushback. Um, here is a few from the comments section under Harvey's announcement, meaning now we're going to turn this into a religion, essentially is what he had said. Um, moral compass that points towards whatever says... Moving the man into a temple seems like the next logical step to create a new age religion. Can we have a separation between church and my burn, please? So I really don't have any respect for this person. They're the moral compass, though. And they just don't want to turn it into the next new age religion, even though it already is that. But he wants a separation between church and my burn, because it's all about me, me, me. I want to go to my burning man and I want to do my pagan stuff 
and I don't want this to have any religious... Too bad, dude. It already has tons of religious implications. And every time you go to this devil festival, guess what? It's the next adopted demon program. Because you're going to come out there probably weighing about five pounds more with all the weighted demons you got into you before you came the week before. Because that's... I mean, everything has consequences. And so then what happens? Well, you come out and you're like... You know, I feel like I'm a different person. Yeah, you probably, what little morality that you had before that, Mr. Moral Compass, is probably gone. Because now you've adopted an, all these, more of these demons that have come into you because you went and you participated in this pagan festival. And now all of a sudden the things that used to bother you before, they don't really bother you anymore. That's how it works. That's why we're to guard our heart. Burning Man began in 1986 on Baker Beach in San Francisco, a, a wonderful place. It's the same way, place where we get the uh, the first Church of Satan started in 1966 with Anton LaVey, who wrote the Satanic Bible. Not a, Maybe it wasn't at Baker's Beach, but it started in San Francisco. Um, it started as a get-together among friends and members of the Anarchist Cacophony Society. Uh, as the event moved to Nevada desert and became more mainstream, it became a draw for celebrities and tech billionaires. I mean, there's a lot of high-level people that go to this thing now. Elon Musk just made this gigantic, he made this announcement about it. He said that, like, Silicon Valley was Burning Man. Meaning that, evidently, Silicon Valley is just nothing more than a pagan stronghold, evidently, is what I guess he's saying there. Okay, so continuing, against that backdrop... Perhaps Harvey's theme is intended to bring about a cohesiveness again against amidst recent years' angst. When everyone subscribes to the same religion, there's at least a common bond. So evidently, whatever controversy there's been about previous Burning Man festivals, he's trying to bring everybody else, everybody together, literally under the same Burning Man religious banner so that there's a common bond, is what I'm interpreting that to mean. So we have that. Um, this is a story that I had gotten a ways back. And um, this, I mean, this is reported on, here's the uh, actual news, that they show a news report of this church that had collapsed. I believe this was in Africa, yeah. Uh, the roof of a church collapsed in southern Nigeria, killing at least 160 people, with the death toll likely to rise. According to the Associated Press, 160 people died and perished as they listened to a false prosperity teacher misusing the name of Jesus. Um, the outlet reports that the Rainer's Bible Church International in the city of Yu Yuyo, it's Y U O, was still under construction when workers began finishing rushing to finish it in a time for Saturday. I mean, this is, a, this is a church with steel girders. I mean, this is not like some little wood-framed hut type of African church. The, I mean, when you look at the pictures here, there's steel girders that collapsed. This is, in other words, this looks much more substantial than your average church, the way it would be built. Um... But it was still under construction when workers began rushing to finish it in time for Saturday ceremony to ordain founder Alan Akan Weeks as a bishop. Weeks, a prosperity preacher, escaped unhurt. And you would say, well, why, if this was God's judgment, why would he escape unhurt? Well, the Bible talks about that the wicked prospering and perishing and, and the, those that wax and fat off, off the... Um, <coughs> preachers that wax fat off the... Um, money from their parishioners, from their sheep, that yea, they prosper, yea, they do shine. And they're, you know, I've, I've quoted you that verse many, many times. So, you know, Satan probably has big plans for this guy. And, and, and yes, I do believe this was God's judgment, but, you know, <clears throat> uh, this guy, this guy got away. He's not going to escape though forever. You know, he can run, but he can't hide, that type of thing. Uh, he escaped unhurt, as did the state governor, Udom Emanuel. A crane is being used to lift debris, believed to be hiding the bodies of more victims. So in other words, it might be a whole lot more than 160 people that died. Uh, and this was reported by Associated Press. This isn't some, you know, rumor here. 
<clears throat> there's there's actual pictures here of the collapse of the news reports and everything. Uh, Alan Weeks had invited his followers to enthrone him as bishop when the roof came down. Here's a picture of this devil. Okay, so let me read that again. Alan Weeks had invited his followers to enthrone him as bishop when the roof came down. And there's a literal announcement. It's an RSVP announcement that they sent out prior to this. And it's called Bishopiric Enthronement. And it shows this devil. He looks like he's dressed up like the Pope. I literally mean that. Okay. And it says, You are currently invited to the official bis Bishopiric Enthronement service of Apostle Akan Weeks. Oh, he's the he's an apostle. Well, are you doing all the works of an apostle? Are you going around? Can your shadow heal people? Like you know the apostles of old. Can, can you do those mighty miracles and works? I, I, whenever anybody calls himself apostle, oh, that's the first question that always comes to mind for me when you want to take on a, a title like that. Uh, and it's a really like fancy, fancy thing that they sent out here. Going back to the report, it says there were trapped bodies, parts of bodies, blood all over the place, and the people's handbags and shoes were all scattered, witnesses said. Um, this one witness who escaped injury because he was making a phone call. Oh, no, hold on, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, he, yeah, the, he, the witness, Yukimi Abio, who escaped injury because he was making a phone call from his car, reportedly he heard what he thought was a bomb, and then he saw that the church had disappeared. I mean, it totally collapsed, like, flat to the ground. Steel girders and everything. Mm, he told the Associated Press. And then the person that put out this report said, Jesus the Messiah warns us about copycats. Also, Paul the Apostle warns us about... I don't know who wrote this, but it's it's not written the greatest, but warns us about Christians who would come and... warns us about Christians. Ugh. Warns us about Christians who come to preach a different Jesus. There are many false messiahs around us today. One of them is the prosperity Jesus. Be aware of false apostles who start the conversation by saying God wants to prosper you. Okay, so we've got to be super careful of the prosperity gospel. Okay, I mean, the Bible says the Son of Man have nowhere to even lay his head. Jesus didn't. Now, I'm not saying there's people that don't have wealth in the kingdom of Christianity. But if they do, I guarantee you they are going to be very highly accountable to God for how they spend the wealth that God's given them. And if we're to be about our father's business, you know, we don't want to go around and, you know, obviously spend that in a secular way. Uh, in, in, a, in a way that's not pleasing to God. So everything's his, is, in other words. This kind of, quote, God wanted to prosper Jesus the Messiah too. The true Son of God was led into the desert to be tempted by Satan. In a similar way, false teachers want to lead you into temptation and to become a friend with the world. Resist them and expose them. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 8 through 10, Again, the devil taketh him up, meaning Jesus, into an exceedingly high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Meaning Jesus, or Satan, was willing to give Jesus the whole world system and its wealth if he would just fall down and worship Satan. Not to say that he wouldn't have reneged on the deal. You know what I mean? But that's what he offered him. <clears throat> and then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him shalt thou serve, only shalt thou serve. Do not give into their falsehood for a second, or you might be the next to face God's wrath and swift destruction. Second Peter two one. But there were false prophets among you, among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, in meaning bad doctrine. Okay, even denying the Lord that brought them, bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Unfortunately, millions of people are so royally deceived that not even the roof that not even when the roof comes down on them, they will be able to listen and repent. In Matthew 7, 21-23, there's a stern warning to this kind of claim born-again Christian. The true Son of God replied to their claim of having done a lot in His name is to, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you. When I mean, that's scary stuff. So then this goes on to say, please repent if you're one of those who share the false gospel prosperity. Uh, if you do not repent, you will surely per perish. 
Uh, and again, somebody could be a little deceived on some points. It doesn't mean they're going to hell, okay? But, I mean, to make really super dogmatic statements like that, I think you have to be careful of that as well. Because you can't say everybody in the prosperity movement and whatever, they're all going to hell. Well, okay, God knows your heart, okay? But, um, you know, it depends on the person writing the, the report. on. on but I, I understand the gist of what they're trying to say here. Uh, please read this article. He has got a link to another article. And be, and be aware of the most common false teachings in the church. Uh, may the Jesus of the Bible have mercy on your soul and my soul too. Amen. So anyway, that was that particular um, report. Now, I'm going to go ahead and end part one here. And I believe part two, and then that will be the final part for this study we're going to be going into next. So God bless you, and we will see you in part two.